So the year was 1969. That's right, 1969. It was the year that Easy Rider was released. Sesame Street debuted on PBS. Nixon was elected. Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong became the first men on the moon when Apollo 11 happened. The Woodstock Music Festival occurred in August. That pretty much set the high water mark for outdoor music festivals in the rain and the mud. And the Charles Manson family committed one of the most heinous and infamous crimes in American history. Oh, and the Beatles released Abbey Road, the last album they recorded. The Rolling Stones released Let It Bleed. The Who released Tommy and Led Zeppelin and Led Zeppelin II. Both iconic albums were released. And I started first grade. In 1969, Compton Elementary School, the first year that it was open in Powder Springs, Georgia. So there you go, 1969 was a very important year. But what I want to share in this podcast of the Eclectic Monk are five fantastic albums that should be on your radar that were all released in 1969 among all of the great albums that were released. These five are some of my favorites. Stick around. This could be interesting. Are you aging? Of course you are. Your feet hurt? Your ankles swell? Your knees hurt? Does your neck occasionally feel like someone stabbed you with an ice pick? You need a pill! The pharmacology experts at Astral Fossica have a pill for you. We screwed you. This once-a-day medication is guaranteed to make you feel different. So don't delay. Make an appointment with your doctor or pharmacist today and ask them if we screwed you right for you. I'm betting it is. Side effects include intestinal bloating, loss of vision, loss of hearing, loss of taste, loss of memory, loss of sensation in your extremities, pain in the extremities, erupting blisters on your extremities, painful urination, acetic regurgitation, uncontrollable flatulence, bleeding from the ears, eyes, nose, and genitals, painful rectal itching, anal seepage, inflammation in every joint, sensitive nipples, reduced lung capacity, excruciating nerve pain in unpredictable places, vomiting, diarrhea, excessive snot production, boils, depression, and a total collapse of all internal organs that leads to death. You need a pill. We've got a pill. We screwed you, and it's FDA approved. Don't be a pansy. Take the pill. Astrofarsica assumes no liability for this product. Take only as directed. So the year was 1969. I was just a little kid, six years old. And um, 
for Christmas that year. I got a cassette player and a cassette. And the cassette that I got was Credence Clearwater Revival's Bayou Country. Now, I'm sure my parents bought me that cassette because it had one of their biggest hit singles, Proud Mary. But that is not the highlight of the album. For me, the highlight of Bayou Country is the song Bayou Country. Just such a great, great blues song. And this album is kind of the the high point for me of CCR. It was such it it is it is such a great record. Now, if all you know about Credence Clearwater Revival is the the hits Down on the Corner, Proud Mary, Have You Ever Seen the Rain? Well, you don't really understand the depth of their music. Like so many bands that were, you know, coming into their own in the late 60s and early 70s, uh, Credence Clearwater Revival was really beginning to find their voice with Bayou Country. And this is an album that I think there's only seven tracks on the entire record because most of them are pretty long. Uh, They were kind of a jam band, really. And they were really, really reinterpreting what blues rock sounded like. Uh, John Fogarty's voice is so unusual. His... um, his vocalizations and his pronunciations are just so poor. Really, you can barely understand what he says half of the time. Uh, and it's really interesting because this is a California band that's playing as if they're from the bayous of Louisiana. They wanted to be Southern, but they're not. It's really, really a cool, cool record. And again, uh, just this fantastic album Bayou Country what a great song Uh, Penthouse Pauper is a great song Graveyard Train great song in fact I would say even though Proud Mary is the hit off of this album it is probably the least of the tracks it's one of those records that I love to put on just kind of set in the background and and enjoy because this is a great, great record. And it's 1969. Uh, again, they're a relatively new band. They're just beginning to hit. Of course, CCR didn't last very long because um, they pretty much detested each other and fell apart. But Bayou Country by Credence Clearwater Revival is a fantastic record. You should listen to it. Second album on my great albums that you should pay attention to from 1969 is The Band. That's the name of the album, The Band. It's actually their second album, which is kind of fascinating that their second album we called the name of the band, which was The Band. Their first album is Songs from Big Pink, which referred to this house in Woodstock, New York, where they were recording with Bob Dylan as the band for Bob Dylan, which is where they got their name. They kind of started out with Ronnie Hawkins as the Nighthawks, and then they began working with Dylan, 
as his band, and then they just assumed the name The Band, and they went on from there. If you're looking for great Americana music, if you're looking for great rock and roll slash folk slash blues slash jazz, all kind of mashed together in this weird conglomeration, the band is the band for you. And Levon Helm, who's one of the main vocalists and the uh, drummer for the band, said that this album, this second album, the band, was their high point. This was the point where, as a group, they were at their most creative, they were at their most cohesive, and they laid down one of the greatest records ever recorded. This is a great record. It's got, of course, Up on Cripple Creek, which is, you know, one of their huge hits. It also has Whispering Pines, which is one of my favorite songs of all time. I can almost listen to that song over and over and over again for hours because it's so plaintive and so beautiful. The album has The Night They Drove Old Dixie Down, which is an incredible song. And it's really fun because Levon Helm is from Arkansas and the rest of the band is from upstate New York or Canada. Robbie Robertson, the guitarist and the driver of the troupe, the band, is is Canadian. And so Lee Von Helm has often said it was very interesting that they wrote this song that's very Southern-centric, and he, as the Southerner, got to sing it, but everybody else who was playing it was on the other side. Pretty fascinating. But I love this record. This is a good album. And... Again, one of the beautiful things about 1969 is that musicians were allowed to be creative and inventive. And this is an album that explores a lot of different musical genres, but it's very cohesive and it's very connected. It's just one of those records that you need to own and you need to listen to. And I found it... Honestly, I found this at an antique store in the $2 bin. I was so excited when I found this record as I was rebuilding my album collection. I pulled it out. I looked at the vinyl. It was perfect. I put it in, and I would not let go of it until I had it in my car. This is just one of my favorite records of all time. The Band by The Band. In a totally different genre shifting gears completely. My third great album released in 1969 that needs to be on your radar. You need to pay attention to this record is Monster by Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf is such a great band. And most people only know two songs. They know Born to be Wild and they know Magic Carpet Ride. That's that's the extent of most people's understanding of who Steppenwolf was. They were so much more than that. And this album, Monster, released in 1969, is the quintessential protest album. Now, John Kay is a Canadian. Uh, this is a band that, that, again, has Canadian roots, but they're an American band. And as they're recording in 1969, they're observing what's going on in Vietnam. And this is probably the greatest protest album ever released, Monster by Steppenwolf. Every track on it has meaning. Every track on it uh, really speaks to you. And side one is especially poignant 
where you have, you know, monster America suicide, and then you have um, draft resistor, and then you have power play. Those three songs in a row just really speak to the uh, overstep of American government and the excess of the military complex and the industrial military complex, I guess is the right word. Anyway, um, for me, this is an important record. It's, it's in a record that has historical context that matters, that people need to listen to. And as I was listening to it again tonight, I could not help but be struck by how relevant it is. The things that John Kay was saying in 1969 matter today. They matter today because we are again in that moment where the government has overstepped its boundaries and everything is out of control. And that message from Power Play, you know, don't bite the hand that feeds you, speaks, speaks so loudly. Bayou Country by Creedence Clearwater Revival. The Band by The Band and Monster by Steppenwolf. Three fantastic albums all released in 1969, the year I started elementary school. I got two more albums to share with you. Don't go anywhere. The best is yet to come. So in 1969, there were just so many great albums, so many great albums that came out. If you look back at the history of the music, uh, through the 60s, popular music had begun this moment of transformation, pretty much led by the Beatles, who gave everyone else permission to um, experiment, to do different things, and to release these albums that were not necessarily typical. My uh, fourth album, and, and just an album that I absolutely love, is The Allman Brothers by The Allman Brothers, their first album. This is it's such a wonderful record. It's, it's got, of course, uh, Dreams and Whipping Post. Whipping Post being one of the great blues rock songs of all time. You cannot listen to that song and not increase your speed limit by five when you push down on the gas pedal a little bit more and sing along. We've all been there, right? And it's just such a great record. And it's such a snapshot of where music was moving in 1969, where blues and rock and pop were all coming into this incredible fusion and these guys from Macon, Georgia my home state um, got into this little recording studio and record label Capricorn Records and they laid down what is arguably one of the greatest blues rock albums ever made. Dwayne Allman is fantastic. Of course Dwayne had been playing as a session player uh, at Muscle Shoals in different places for years. Greg had been playing as a session player and a, a vocalist, backup vocalist for years. 
But when they came together and, and they brought in their friends to record this album, uh, what they created was something unique and just monumental, in my opinion. This album is beautiful from beginning to end. When you put it on, you are immediately pulled into it and you realize that a bunch of white guys from Georgia can sing and play the blues, you know, and, and stand up with Muddy Waters and B.B. King and any other, other great blues artist of the day and from the past. This is just a beautiful record. And again, in 1969, this idea that black music had impacted these white artists so deeply was really, really important. I think it, it shows the, the value and the importance of music that people miss today, that there was this great racial divide, and yet when it came to music, there was this great melding and mending. And I think that the healing of America began the music studios and the bars and the, and the venues as white and black artists began melding and mending and growing together as they produced this incredible, incredible rock slash blues music. The Allman Brothers, by the Allman Brothers, is just a fantastic record, and everyone needs to own it. If you don't own it, you should own it, because it matters. Well, the last album on my list uh, from great albums of 1969, out of all of the great albums from 1969, is Crosby, Stills, and Nash. No Young. He didn't come until a couple years later. Crosby, Stills, and Nash. This first album these guys laid down was unlike anything anyone had ever heard. Their vocal harmonies, the three-part vocal harmonies that these guys put together were incredible. The writing on this album is incredible. You have Stephen Stills, who has just come out of Buffalo Springfield. You have David Crosby, who just been kicked out of the birds. You have Graham Nash, who has gotten frustrated and walked away from the Hollies. And according to the legend, they met either at Joni Mitchell's house in Laurel Canyon or at Cass Elliott's house from the Mamas and the Papas in Laurel Canyon for the first time. Stephen Stills and David Crosby were hanging out. They were doing music. They were at either Joni Mitchell's house and I believe it was Joni Mitchell's house, but Stephen Stills says it had to be Cass Elliott's house, even though Graham Nash says it was Joni Mitchell's house, and David Crosby doesn't remember because he was so stoned. Anyway, at one of those two places in Laurel Canyon, Stephen Stills and David Crosby met Graham Nash for the first time, and they sat down with the guitar, and Stephen Stills began playing this song that uh, he and David Crosby had been working on 49 Goodbyes, which is on this first album. And as they're playing it, then Graham Nash throws in a high third harmony. And as they're going through it, they all look at each other and go, wow, that was something else. 
and they played it again. And at that point, they realized they had something unusual, they had something different, they had something powerful. And so they went into the studio, and they recorded and released what is probably the album of when you think of the California Laurel Canyon 70s sound. This is the album that started it. Crosby, Stills, and Nash released in 1969. This album is going to launch a variety of people. It's going to launch Poco. It's going to launch the Eagles. It's going to launch Linda Ronstadt. It's going to launch so many other incredible artists. And this is where it began. This melding of these three voices, these three personalities, these three very talented writers and singers. And they put out what is today still one of the most beautiful albums ever recorded. So if you do not have this album, if you're not listening on a regular basis to Crosby, Stills, and Nash... You should be. It's not a bad song on the record. And it still speaks today. Pretty fascinating. Again, it's another protest album in a lot of ways. Uh, They are protesting the Vietnam War. They're protesting the rise of big government. And, uh, you know, the Summer of Love was in 68. By 69, even though Woodstock happens... uh, Things are beginning to deteriorate. By 1970, you're going to have the Altamont Music Festival, which was a disaster, and the um, escalation of the Vietnam War, and, you know, Kent State, so many terrible things are going to happen. But in 1969, hope was alive, and the music was fantastic. So five albums that you absolutely have to listen to as you look at the moon and consider Woodstock. Creedence Clearwater Revival, Bayou Country. The Band by The Band. Steppenwolf by Monster. The Allman Brothers by The Allman Brothers and Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Their first album. These are great records. My dog is losing her mind. But um, anyway... Until we meet again, I hope you enjoyed this. hope that you uh, will go out and listen to these records. They all are meaningful. I listen to them all a lot. And um, travel well. Enjoy the journey. And until we get together again, God bless you. See you next time. So I really do appreciate you listening to the podcast. And appreciate if you would rate this and share this, your social media, whatever you could do to help publish it and publicize it and get it out there. That'd be great. Um, the stickers are available. And so if you will go to theeclecticmonk.com, go into the contact page, give me an email address and a mailing address, I will send you Eclectic Monk window stickers. I'll send you a handful of them because I got a bunch of them to give away. And if you're one of the first nine people 
And I can tell you, there's only eight available spots. Uh, if you're one of the next eight people to request a sticker, I will not only send you those stickers, I will send you something that is created just for you. So, again, I appreciate all nine of you. Uh, everyone who's listening, I, I thank you. And until we meet again, travel well, enjoy the journey, and God bless. See you soon.